Isaiah 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You know, the anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing will do great and powerful things in your life. We really can't have a true Christian experience without the anointing. That's right. The anointing of the Holy Spirit makes all the difference in the world. Can I have an amen? Amen. The anointing enables you to think God's thoughts. The anointing breaks through barriers of the flesh. The anointing destroys the bondage of demonic power, which so many people are living under. And the anointing brings the glory of heaven into the earth. It's the anointing. We need the anointing. Did you ever hear that song? It's the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. He has anointed me to proclaim liberty. The life of my Father is living in me. It's the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. He has anointed me to set the captives free. The life of my Father is living in me. It's the anointing. Come on now. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. He has anointed me to proclaim liberty. The life of my Father is living in me. It's the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Yes, it does. Hallelujah. Thank you for the anointing, Lord. Praise God. Can you just read those once more? Um, the different things that the anointing does. Uh, I said the anointing enables you to think God's thoughts. Mm -hmm. The anointing breaks through barriers of the flesh. You know, things that you can't do or can't get over. Addictions are broken by the anointing. You know, when the anointing came on my life, I was set free of drugs. I couldn't get free before that. Drugs and alcohol had a grip on me. But the anointing breaks that, breaks those barriers to the flesh. The anointing destroys the bondage of demonic power. And the anointing brings the glory of heaven into the earth. The anointing, praise God. I looked at what the commentators say about this verse and they figure that this, what the Lord's talking about here is probably David, you know, the anointed. He was the anointed king. 
and that God did things for Israel, it says in different places in the Old Testament, for David's sake, even after he was gone. But the primary thing, you know, God, of course, he's in the Old Testament, he's speaking with these prophets generally two things, at least. You know, what's specifically for natural Israel, but also for the church and through what's coming through the Messiah. And that's really the anointing that destroys the yoke and brings forth God's victory is the anointing of Jesus Christ. Christ means anointed one. Amen. Messiah means the same thing, the anointed one. He is the anointed one. In the Old Testament, well, let's say first in the Bible, uh, it talks about anointing in at least three different ways. First of all, anointing would, in a natural sense, anointing your face or anointing your body with oil for natural purposes for the skin. And that's a good thing. But then there's an, the anointing for to stand in an office. In the Old Testament, uh, they anointed the uh, prophets were anointed. Uh, kings were anointed. Remember, Saul was anointed with oil. David was anointed with oil. And then, of course, after Saul was anointed, even though he fell away and, and missed it, uh, David called him the Lord's anointed. So there was a respect to that, what God had done. There was a respect to that office. And uh, that's you know very, very significant, the Lord's anointed. That's why David would not touch God's anointed, even though he was trying to destroy his life and he was completely off base. But there was an anointing for offices in the Old Testament of the prophet and the king and the priests. And then, thirdly, there is the Messiah's anointing, or the anointing of Christ. And we are partakers of that anointing. His anointing is on us. That's why we're called the body of the anointed one Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's pretty good stuff. So then in Isaiah, let's, um, let's turn to Isaiah, as long as we're in the neighborhood. And let's go to 55. It's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I, not exactly, it fits in. Isaiah 55. It seemed like the Lord was bringing this to mind too. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth. See, I got my bag of salt here. (laughs) Get you guys thirsty for some living water. Can I have an amen? Amen. Ho! (laughs) Ho, everyone that thirsteth. Come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy and wine and milk without money and without price. How can we buy stuff without money or without price? Because the price has been paid. Amen? Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago to pay the penalty for our sins and our sinfulness and deliver us from sin 
and to enable us to enter into the very, very presence of God and to receive the anointing. He saved you, amen, to liberate you from bondage and to bring the glorious liberty of the children of God into your life by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus died and he was buried, but you know what? He rose from the dead, amen? He ascended to heaven, and what happened? He poured out the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here today, and the Holy Spirit lives in our heart, amen? And the Holy Spirit is, is, uh, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. He comes in our heart bearing witness that we are the children of God. That's his first work in the believer. And not only that, he works on folks before they come to him. But thank God for that anointing and thank God for that water. The water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus said in, uh, in uh, Luke chapter, or, uh, John chapter 4 to the woman at the well in Samaria, uh, if you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water, a well of water springing up into everlasting life inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit, the life of God in the believer. Somehow or another, God's able to live in all these places at one time and in all these people at one time. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's very, very unique. And then, of course, in John chapter 7, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I just hear the Lord saying, you know, come to the fountain and drink. Come to the rivers and drink of my water. Amen. And I will fill you and I will sustain you and I will heal you and I will give you what you need, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Now, we were just on our way to Isaiah 61. And verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Hallelujah. (laughs) The The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. You know, it's not braggadocious to say that the Spirit's on you, that the Holy Spirit's on you, that you're anointed. It's not... You know, it's not braggadocious. It's not prideful. It's just the truth. How many think we ought to acknowledge and agree with the truth? Amen. Folks, I'm anointed. Amen. I didn't earn it. I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the more that I get in that pool and splash around and enjoy that anointing, the more I can splash it on others. Hallelujah. Thank God for the anointing. And of course, Jesus quotes this, and we'll go there in a minute, but the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to. He's anointed me to. There's a purpose for the anointing. Mm-hmm. He's anointed me to do something. Mm-hmm. He's not anointed me just to have goosebumps. <laughs> Hallelujah. I thank God for the the emotions and the feeling and the good things that come along with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but it has purpose. Praise God. It has purpose in his church. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. 
Hallelujah. We've got a good message. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Purpose of the anointing is to bring transformation into the earth. The proclamation of liberty, the proclamation of the good news of God through Jesus Christ. We can proclaim that message with the anointing and set the captives free. You know, I see, I see there in verse 3 as I was reading that, the transformation, it's all about a, a switcheroo on the devil. You know, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. You know, sad people in the church can be made happy by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you don't have to come to church sad and leave sad. Amen. You can get happy <laughs> by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. And beauty for ashes. You know, you feel like your life's an ash heap. Well, the Lord turns it around, gives you beauty for ashes. Amen? And the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's the cure for depression. How many people in this world are living under depression? And yet the Lord says he gives us uh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, I'm enjoying this service. Amen? I mean, the whole thing's been great. Because the Spirit of the Lord's here. Amen? Amen. The presence of the Lord. We've been able to pray for, we prayed for the whole world today. Prayed for the church around the world. Thank yes. God, you know? Yes. And the glory of God is in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. That they might be called trees of righteousness. Amen? That which was unrighteous becomes righteous. Through anointed preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. Through the mission of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ working in us, brings transformation, brings righteousness, which is the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. When lives are changed, who's glorified? The Lord. Amen. It all goes back to Jesus, like we were saying earlier. I don't know about you, but I don't want dry bones religion. I want want sappy life. Amen. Praise God. All right. So in Luke chapter, um, we'll read Luke 4.18 in just a minute, but in uh, Luke chapter 3, it tells us how Jesus was baptized by John, the River Jordan, in verse 22, and says, the Holy, the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape of, like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and thee I am well pleased. And then we know that Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And of course, he emerged victorious. Amen. Hallelujah. And by the way, just because somebody has the Holy Spirit, is baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaks in other tongues, does not mean they're going to have victory. 
They have to know the word of God. They have to know their authority in Christ. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit is part of it, but we also need the word of God. Amen. And so how did Jesus defeat the devil? With the word of God. Amen. And then it says in verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Why? Because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. So Jesus went into his hometown. As his custom was, he went to church. By the way, Jesus was a church-going man. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't play hooky from church. Praise God. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Praise God. He knew where it was. Because he was a man of the word. In fact, he was the word. He is the word. And verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach, to proclaim the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to, and gospel means good news, praise God. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. See, he didn't didn't anoint him to preach condemnation, but good news, liberty, to set the captives free, amen. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, praise God. He wants to heal brokenhearted people. How does he do it? Through the preaching of the word, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Acceptable year of the Lord is a reference to the year of Jubilee. So every 50 years, Israel had a, in their law, had uh, God had given them a commandment that every 50 years, everybody who was in debt would be forgiven. So if they had their their lands mortgaged or, you know, they had all their stuff was tied up in debt, they'd be forgiven. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Likewise, we're forgiven. Amen? Yes. God's not holding our sins against us because Jesus paid the price for those, for those sins. Now, it's interesting to me that here's Jesus in his, his first uh, preaching in his hometown here, he talks about the anointing. He talks about the anointing that is on, on his life. And he, he tells him, he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He wasn't just giving him a nice Bible reading. He was proclaiming, this is the day of the Lord. This is the fulfillment of this scripture because the anointed one is here. Hallelujah. And the anointing is here today because he's poured it out upon us. But I think it's interesting to me that the emphasis on the Holy Spirit that the Lord brings in his first sermon, the emphasis on the anointing, the importance of the anointing. And you know, you go over to the book of Acts and you look at Peter's first sermon in in Acts chapter 2. He also refers to the Holy Spirit. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, right? And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And uh, your old men, I know we don't have any old men around here, but old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. I only see visions because I'm really young. But you know, and then Peter's preaching again in the, in to, uh, the first message he preached to the Gentiles 
And uh, you remember that as he began to speak, he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went around doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So he talks about the anointing there. It's very significant. And, and, and of course, Christ, as I said, Christ means anointed one. So this is really an essential part of our message, is the Holy Spirit. And it's essential that we work with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Absolutely. And we work, we work with the gospel, and we work with the Holy Spirit. Because that's the combination that can't be defeated. The power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. And these things work in tandem, you know, to bring forth God's will and to uh, have that anointing break the yoke that cannot be broken any other way. And, you know, as you were encouraging us, intercession is part of that, too. Because in intercession, there's an act of the Spirit where God can bring release in situations where you're not even physically present. We know somehow Jesus did that when he ministered to people. They weren't there, you know. They came, uh, you know, my son is sick or my daughter is sick. And, well, go and, and it's taken care of. You know, the centurion servant, you're not worthy to come under my house, but speak the word only. So there is a, a power that we can exert to change things in other locales, like New Alban or wherever, yes. in Jesus' name. The anointing lifts us out of the natural world into realms of the supernatural. I like that. I just feel the presence of the Lord. The anointing lifts us up out of the natural world into realms of the supernatural. Praise God. Let's look at an example of the Holy Spirit in action, the, the anointing in action in uh, Mark chapter 5. Mark 5? Yep, Mark 5. Mark chapter 5 and verse 25. Could someone read that to us? Maybe we could hear that in the MEV if somebody would read it. Fred says the type's too small. <laughs> I said Fred says the type is too small. In the MEV. <laughs> That's all right. I think somebody's getting it here. That's okay. Mark 5, 25. Through 34. I think. Well, somebody go ahead. I have it in King James. I got it in NIV. And a certain woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had suffered much under many physicians. She had spent all she had and was not better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his garments, I shall be healed. And immediately the hemorrhage dried up, and she felt in her body that she had been healed of the affliction. At 
once Jesus knew within himself, the power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, Do you see the crowd pressing against you? And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who her who had done it. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the entire truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Oh, your Glory to God. Amen. Hey, Tom, do you remember when you prayed for me and I couldn't stop bleeding after my last birth? I don't remember. Three months, maybe. I was still bleeding wow. after Meadow Rose. And it was a meeting in Caledonia. Really? And you prayed for me and I was healed that moment. Ooh, shaka. Oh, And I was shocked. <laughs> I thought, oh, she'll slow down now, maybe. And, oh, maybe in a few days. It's like that moment. So, did, now, have you told me about that before? It was in your newsletter back then. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's neat. That's exciting. I got a testimony um, this last weekend up in Gary, Minnesota, <clears throat> from a meeting that I had there seven years previously. There was a family that was there. They hadn't really been at the church in the interim, but they were back for this meeting that we had on Saturday night. And seven years ago, they had their, their child was at the service, three years old, adopted child. And the Lord led me to have all the children come up and, pray, and I just laid hands on all the children and prayed for them. And this adopted child had just a burr in his saddle. He had some problems, you know, from his past his anger issues and just frustration and just unhappy child. And you know, uh, laid hands on those children and prayed for them and that child went out different than when he came into that service through the laying on of hands. See, there's power in that, see? Through the laying on of hands. And he, his mother told me that he made reference to that day for many Years afterwards, said that was the day that Jesus made me happy. That's the anointing. The anointing did that, see? Well, when Jesus, when this woman touched Jesus, he didn't he didn't even initiate it. She initiated it by her faith. That's why he, he talks to her. He says, Your faith has made you whole. It was her faith that grabbed hold of that anointing, see? It was her receptiveness that she was able to receive. But it said in verse 30, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Isn't that awesome that he could feel? He felt the virtue or the power, as it said in the MEV, power went out of him. And, of course, that's the same word translated in Acts 1.8. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. It's the same anointing. 
we have the anointing of Christ. We have the same anointing that Jesus had when that woman was healed of the issue of blood. Well, obviously, we just heard the same thing happen in Caledonia. Amen. God even moves in Caledonia. Amen. Amazing. <laughs> uh, what number? Acts 5, beginning in verse 12. And through 16. Acts 12 through 16. Or Acts 5, 12 through 16. Could somebody read that good and loud for us? And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And the believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the city round about unto Jerusalem bringing sick folk and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. So here's a case where the anointing was healing people that were, you know, uh, laying on cots because Peter walked by them. Didn't, didn't lay hands on them, just walked by them. And they were out there because of the expectation, the miracles that God was doing, they were, they were just laying in the streets waiting for him to pass by that his shadow might overshadow them. Praise God. So you can feel the anointing. It's, there's a tangibility of the anointing, and it's not always through direct contact of a laying on hands that can, you can just... It just emanates. You know, the glory of God emanates from you. So when you're talking to somebody and they don't, maybe don't know anything about Jesus, just start releasing the anointing. Yeah. Or you could say, just start releasing the love of God. Your spirit communicates. Mm -hmm. So just release that anointing out of your spirit. And when you're preaching, the same thing. Just release the anointing. I mean, not only through your words, but just out of your being. I mean, Peter is just a fisherman. <laughs> just a fisherman. <laughs> Fishing after men. Hallelujah! I'm telling you, you can do this stuff. Amen. You can bring revival wherever you go. Life. The life of my Father is living in me. That's the anointing. The word overshadow, the Greek word is episkiazo, or something like that. It means to envelop in a shadow, a shining cloud, a surrounding and enveloping persons with brightness.
The Old Testament speaks of the cloud of glory, of his presence and power. We carry that. We are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we carry the glory of God wherever we go. Amen? Folks, you're on a mission. I commission you to take the glory of God this week wherever you go. Amen. You go in the store, release the anointing upon the clerk. Yeah. Amen. Some situations, you know, you, you can't necessarily lay hands on somebody, but nothing's stopping you from releasing God's anointing. That's right. And they can be overwhelmed by his glory and power, and change can come. I mean, these people got out of, off of their deathbed and were healed. Yeah. Praise God. The cripples walked by this power that lives in us. Turn your Bibles to uh, first, Second Corinthians. Chapter 1. Okay. Um, let's, uh, this is also good. Let's start in 18 and read through 22. Can somebody do that for us? 18? Yep. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 22. But as God is true, right? That's it. But as God is true, our word toward to you, not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me in the Sylvanus, and Tynesius was not yea and nay, but he was yea. For all the promise, promises of God in him are yea, and him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Hmm. Now he but, now he which sevishes established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts amen moreover I show God for a record upon our upon my soul that to spare you I can not as yet unto Corinth. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of you joy. For by faith ye stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, now verse 21 specifically, he says, Now he which establisheth you, or establisheth us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Interesting, he uses two Greek words there when he says Christ is creo and anointed 
is kusma. They're actually the same word. One's a noun and one's a verb. The anointing is charisma, the charisma of God. Creo is Christ, the anointed one. Praise God. Now turn to 1 John. And can someone read 1 John chapter 2? Verses 20 and then verse 27. Just those two verses. 1 John what? 2, 20 and 27. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Mm. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. By the way, did you know that you're connected to the database of heaven? <laughs> the real cloud. Hallelujah, the real cloud. The real DNA. Amen. You've got what you need when you need it. If you walk in the anointing, it'll be there for you. Amen. And he says you have an unction, actually the same word there, anointing. You have an anointing. You have an unction from the Holy One and you you, uh, know all things. I remember right down this road, Gail Bohan used to live Gail and Danny lived outside of town. About how many miles did they live? Half. One early on? Yeah. Half. Half a mile or a mile. Not just right outside of town. So you go out here and then there's like a driveway back to their place. We all remember, right? Yeah. So (laughs) Gail's driving home, you know, from town. And about to turn left, and she said, this is, I mean, we're hearing later, I wasn't there. She's telling about this later. She said, I had an unction. She said, she was just about to turn. She said, I had an unction. Just wait. So she waits just a second before she turns. All of a sudden, someone comes around the curve, 100 miles an hour or more, barreling down the highway, goes around her, and, you know, passes her. She had an unction from the Holy One. If she would have turned left, what would have happened? He would have barreled right into her. And of course, she was on the driver's side, so the anointing will save your life. The anointing will give you wisdom. You know, we have to follow the anointing. And one of the things in order to follow the anointing, sometimes we've got to ignore what our head's telling us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You know, I was preaching last week and um, really quite tired Sunday morning because I got up, well, first of all, we had meetings Friday night, Saturday night. It was late Saturday before I got to bed. Woke up really early Sunday morning and then went and preached at the radio station and 
then went to the church service and I'm preaching. And I had a sense of what I was supposed to preach. But in the middle of my message, I preached something else. <laughs> and it wasn't really a big deal. It was the word's good, right? Yeah. I wouldn't call it a huge deal, but afterward, you know, after it was all said and done, I just recognized I kind of missed it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but by the grace of God, it didn't matter. I mean, somebody got saved, a bunch of people got healed, because the word works. But what happened was my head got in the way. I figured, I got to figuring things too much. You know? and, and I just, I just pray to God that, you know, Lord, help me to be more sensitive, you know, to really flow with you accurately. And to flow, because that part of this, you know, it's like good in the beginning and good at the end, but that part was just kind of dead. I was just Tom talking, you know. <laughs> Never been there. And it's a good scripture. In fact, we pre- we talked about it today, but it just wasn't right in the flow. So the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. We need the anointing. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the anointing. We welcome your anointing. We welcome your anointing right here, Lord, to do that work that you want to do in the lives of your people. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, quickens our mortal body. That same anointing of Jesus Christ, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to preach, the same anointing is upon us to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. Lord, you are the Lord that heals us. And so I thank you for that anointing. And I thank you for the privilege, Lord, of just being with your people and enjoying your presence. In Jesus' holy name.